What's up, Law Nation? Welcome to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, the place for learning about the world of alternative passive investments so that you can have more freedom, flexibility, and fun. Before we get to our guest today, if you're ready to kick that billable hour to the curb, start by going to attorneybydesign.com to download the Freedom Blueprint. That will also get you access to the opportunity to partner with us on our next passive commercial real estate investment. We constantly have a pipeline of deals that you can partner with us on, and you're going to want to check them out. So today, let's talk a little bit about balance. Um, nowadays, the term has been used so much that some people say it's cliche, and some people even say it's taboo. Um, I don't believe it's really an effective strategy when you're really, truly pushing your limits and stretching yourself. I believe that when you have and you feel that momentum in whatever it is that you're doing, whether that's your legal or professional career, or maybe you're getting some traction in your investing uh, or your side hustle, you're feeling engaged. You're feeling like it's go time and things are just flowing. Man, you just got to ride it. I mean, think about the book, the one thing by Gary Keller. Um, this is extrapolated a little bit, but focusing on that one thing that allows you to accelerate your growth and optimize your time and, and see things through to the end, that's what you need to focus on. Now, in order to be able to do that, you have to communicate openly with your loved ones around you so that they don't feel shut out, but rather they understand what you're going through and why it is that you're doing it. And hopefully that why is them and to create more wealth and freedom. Life is made up of lots of experiences, patchwork together, right? And I always say at the end of the show, enjoy the journey. But it's those epic experiences, those once in a lifetime trips, those super thoughtfully planned date nights, you know, those full family holiday gatherings, you know, those are the memories that last and those are the things we should try to create. Um, so just make sure to purposefully create those experiences in your life and with those that you love um, when you kind of back away from that uh, full throttle. Now, our guest today, Mr. Yosef, your brosif Lee, someone who I admire and share lots of things in common with. He's a, he's a Korean immigrant, father of two, New York City attorney, multifamily apartment syndicator, and Pilates studio owner. Now, he finds a way to quote-unquote balance and wear all of those different hats. So today, we're going to find out how. Yes, sir. Let's get started. This is the Passive Income Attorney Podcast, where you'll discover the secrets and strategies of the ultra-wealthy on how they build streams of passive income to give them the freedom we all want. Attorney Seth Bradley will help you end the cycle of trading your time for money so you can make money while you sleep. Start living the good life on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Seth Bradley. Yosef, my Asian brother, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Seth? Thank you for hey. inviting me here. I'm very, Absolutely. very excited. Absolutely, man. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. All right, man. Well, let's, uh, let's just jump right in, brother. What's your story? Feel free to brag a little bit. Take it back as far as you want to take it. Sure thing. Sure thing. So um, I'm a South Korean immigrant. I was, uh, was about a month of shy of 18 years old when I landed on the U.S., uh, and, and which came with a huge cultural excitement, but also challenges, lifestyles, languages, and all that. So uh, ever since then, my life has been all about proving myself in a new country, 
always working hard. Um, I probably worked about 10 different part-time jobs in jewel stores, coffee shop, bar, fish market, restaurant, just, just try to get better version of myself every day to survive mode. Um, achieved some goals, also made many mistakes, paid for it, learned the lessons and moved on. Now uh, I'm an attorney licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Florida. So I have three licenses. I made it while I was working full-time and went to school at night. So uh, I finally made it. And uh, what else? I'm a father of two girls. Uh, and during night and weekends, I become multifamily investors, just aspiring to take back the control of my time through multifamily investing. In a nutshell, this is why. Yeah, that's incredible, man. And we'll dive into all of that. Um, I, I'm actually from South Korea as well, but I was I was adopted when I was three months old, so not a whole lot, <laughs> not a whole lot of memories of that. Great but to meet you, brother. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you still practice law, is that right? Yes, I'm full time attorney associated with a firm. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, what 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 do you love about it, and what do you hate about it? Um, so what I love about being an attorney, so I love, so what I do is litigation, mostly civil litigation. Uh, so I love it because I love the process of commencing a case, uh, factual gatherings via discoveries, um, assessing the case value, settle, push it to the trial, all this process. I love it. Um, so that's what I love about it. Uh, what I hate about it, I think, I think it's very local. Uh, what I mean by that is I go to certain courthouses, and come back to the office, work on the motions. So uh, that's what I meant. Like there's nothing, uh, it's repetitive every day. Luckily I get to travel to sometimes Florida or California, rarely, uh, cause we have offices there too. Uh, but overall my boundary is very local. So that's what I hate about that job. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you have to hit me up next time you're in California, Southern California. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, LA, yes. Gotcha, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I don't hate the work either. I, 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 what I hate is the, the work environment and the ass kissing and the rigid schedule and, you know, just kind of the overall mm -hmm. old school way of thinking that's in the, you know, the, the legal environment, but the work itself isn't that bad. And for me, I mean, it's a little bit different for you. You're in litigation, which sounds like you like as well, but I was in real estate, transactional real estate. So it's, you know, that's mm. challenging and fascinating for me, especially as, as an investor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you think you'll ever walk away 100%? You know what? To be frank, I don't think I would anytime soon. Or even if I could, I may still do what I do now. I may, I may shrink the hours, maybe be more selective as to what cases I pick and choose. Uh, but again, I'll, I'll probably continue to do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I have a hard time letting go too. I mean, right now I'm billing maybe five to 10 hours a week, like not much mm -hmm. at all, but it's like, you know, you work really hard for it. You get pretty good at it. And it's like, mm -hmm. eh, I don't mind it too much as long as my hours are reasonable. Right. Five, five hours, 10 hours is great. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. but that actually, I want to get there. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, so how did an attorney like yourself, especially full time, and how did you, or I guess I should start with, why did you get into real estate investing? Sure. Um, so I think it, it started, you know, I guess reading Rich and Poor, that book, uh, it, it just shifted my mindset and mentality. I don't think it's a book for practical step-by-step -step being a rich, uh, but it actually changes your mindset. So I like that. Um, I realized I was one of the reds in the race as a W-2 employee, regardless of how much money you make. Um, I trade my time for money by, by nature of the job. I spend money to get some time back later. I was like, what is this? It's like a vicious cycle right here. I feel like I'm losing either way. 
and then and then I realized for the first three or four months of each year, I work essentially for free for the government, like because I I pay tax that that amount in New York. So I, I I said to myself, there must be some ways, you know, to write off these tax liabilities. I can't do it because I'm W two. Um, this is like a tunnel without a light at the end. Uh, in the end, so I concluded that I must become a business owner or so. Or, or investor some sort of eventually so that I could build up multiple passive income streams with some tax benefits to achieve well, financial freedom. And uh, through 2019, I finally learned about multifamily employment investing after vetting some other vehicles. Like I tried a little bit of mutual funds and stocks, uh, but not too much. Uh, and the benefit of investing in multifamily came with so many, so many great stuff. So I couldn't really let it go. It made, uh, it made sense so much about forced appreciation and, uh, you know, you could have cost segregation and tax benefits. So that's how I got into a multifamily. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, man. I mean, trading time for money, that's what we get caught up in. I mean, you, you can't make money in your sleep billing hours, well, no matter how much you get paid per hour, you still have to be there. You still have to log those hours in to get the, get paid. So you've got to figure out a way to make money in your sleep, right? Mm, and yes. and another thing is for, especially for attorneys, um, we make pretty good incomes. You, we just get killed by taxes. I mean, we get absolutely killed on taxes. So we've got to figure out a way um, to, to mitigate some of those those problems that come up with, with earning a high dollar amount. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I love that you jumped into multifamily and from my understanding, you jumped right in, right? Did you start passively or did you jump in active right off the bat? I went all in straight uh, as an active investor. Gotcha. Gotcha. Did anybody tell you to start passively first? Um, I heard about it, but I don't know. I it Not only passive income side of the benefit of multifamily, but I also like, I'm like a control freak sometimes. So gotcha. I want to have... I want to have to have my hands on. Uh, so I just only went into a active investor side. That's cool. How, so tell us about that first deal. How did you get into that first deal? I was, I was told, and this is what I tell people is to, if you're interested, jump in passively first, maybe mm -hmm. do a deal or two, and then go into the active side. If you're still interested in that. And a lot of people find that once they invest passively, especially if they already have a full-time W2 that they don't hate, they just keep doing it because they're like, oh, I can see these good returns. I don't actually need to do anything except pretty much vet the sponsor on the front end and I'm good to go. And then they mm -hmm. just stay passive or they might transition to the active mm -hmm. side. But how did you go about that jumping directly in? So I, I, I believe that pet, passively investing in the multifamily is also a good way to build a passive income stream. But like I said, I was more into controlling side. So uh, that's why the passive income uh, investing side was not, that, uh, not as appealing as going uh, all inactive. I just needed to learn how. So I was doing self-education, listening to the Michael Blanks podcast in the beginning, Grant Cardone's, which they all say go big, right? Um, I, I recall uh, Marco Blank says before being a multifamily investor, he was successful single family flipper. But when he came to multifamily sector, uh, brokers and lenders were all treated him as if he's a newbie. So uh, he, looking back, he said he could have just jumped into multifamily actively. I heard that. Grant Cardone, go big. Don't even bother looking below 16 units. So I maybe I was a little ignorant also. So I just took that advice as is all right, I'll go ahead if these guys are saying that. <laughs> and uh, I will start just doing self-education. 
and then for a couple of couple of months i was doing self-education but i soon realized i was not really taking any action just by doing self-education it was more so passively absorbing information so early 2020 i decided to join a mastermind or mentorship platform which was but best choice ever and i joined uh, Jake and Gino and MIHMS Maya McDan, my real education started, my real networking started, and through that platforms and met all my partners and started uh, underwriting deals together. It took 10 months for, for uh, tackling down this first deal. So uh, in December of 2020, we were able to close this 44-unit apartment in Kansas City. Oh, that's great, man. That's great, man. Now, did you have partners on that deal that had some other prior experience or did you kind of leverage the mentorship that you had uh, become a part of to, you know, kind of get that experience? Both. So we had to have uh, one uh, experienced person as a KP too, and also another experienced guy who has a syndication experience into a partnership and me and another person with some single and duplex backgrounds. So I was the least experienced one, I think, um, but uh, my legal skill set gave me the, I, I guess, strength and, and was able to add some value to the team. So that's how I was able to get into the team and uh, became a partner with them. Nice. I, I did the same thing on my first deal, man. I, I leveraged my legal experience and said, look, I can kind of act as sort of an in-house counsel type of role. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the, the real estate attorney or the securities attorney on the deal, but I can oversee what they're doing, look at their contracts, look at the vendor agreements, all that kind of stuff and get a second set of eyes on things. Is that That's exactly what, what I done? did. That's exactly yeah. what I did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. So for all you attorneys out there, there there's your in to the active side. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I guess that's our niche. Not many attorneys are doing it. I guess essentially to be able to, uh, to be the investor or business owner is more of uh, risk takers. I mean, I guess calculated risk, even though our, as an attorney, we learn to, we train, we are trained to become more of risk averse, right? We got to spot the risks and try to hedge and warn our clients. So by that nature, it always clashes each other. Right. Yeah. And I run into that myself. I mean, when I talk to other attorneys, I mean, I talk to attorneys all the time about investing in real estate, whether it's, you know, passively or actively, but, you know, trying to get over that, it's almost like a conservative mindset because you're just, you're used to looking at all the liabilities. You're used to weighing the risks and anytime you're going into something new. And when I say something new, I mean, real estate outside of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, the stuff that people are normally um, used to investing in, it, it, it seems risky, even though it's, it's really not. I mean, in comparison, I mean, every, all investments have a risk, but when you compare it on a, on a risk adjusted basis, mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. real estate syndications are absolutely phenomenal. Yes. That's why I call it calculated risk. I would take it and go in. Yeah. I mean, so do you have any advice to attorneys or other professionals that are kind of looking to get started while they're still keeping that career? They're not necessarily looking to, you know, just quitting their job, quitting mm -hmm. their career and, and going into something else, but maybe they mm -hmm. want to start something on the side or start investing. Mm -hmm. Seth, I think it's a great question. Um, I want to tell them to first, okay, I'll, I'll try to give like a higher level overview of my thoughts in a limited sense of multifamily employment investing. Uh, more bigger side of maybe 40 units and above because that's where I'm familiar with. So first, I want to I tell them to decide what the eventual goals are, right? Because 
as you said, do you want to build a passive income stream, letting your active income from being a professional work for more money and you can keep your job for the rest? Or I mean, lots of people, especially professionals, they love their jobs and they have high pride in their jobs, doctors and lawyers. So is that, is that your goal or your goal is to build the actual real estate business of your own, quitting your professional job in one day and stay somewhere or stay somewhere in the middle, right? So I see this two path and I think you got to question yourself given your specific uh, situations, you got to decide first. So let's say if you're trying to be an active real estate investor at one point and you're starting now like a half one foot here and the other foot there, uh, then you, you got to be and, and just like how I started myself and how I'm doing it now. And if you want to be successful and serious, I think you need to make a serious commitment. Um, first, you got to share your visions and goals with your family, especially your spouse, because you got to be spending a lot of extra times to build your passive income for the family. So you got to let them understand why you're doing this and what you're going to do. And you got to do education, um, learn the lingos, right? Uh, multifamily languages like LOIs, cash and cash return, cat raise, target markets. What is your criteria? What is the lending strategy you're going to implement? Things like that. You got to have background knowledge. And also you got to do a lot of networking, right? You don't just uh, do networking, but it has to be like a networking with a purpose to form a team because you're not going to be doing this alone. You're going to be doing this with a team. Uh, otherwise, because you don't have any credibility to the lenders or brokers, they're going to be asking you questions. Hey, Seth, I love your property. Let's say even if you found a great property and cash flowing and you bring it to the lender, lender is going to ask you, Seth, I love this property. I want to lend you money. And tell me now who in your team has a prior experience managing a size of a deal like this. And tell me who in your, who in your team has high net worth uh, who could cover the loan amount with 10%, about 10, 20% liquidity. Now you got to be able to say, oh, my, Mark, uh, my partner Mark does or my partner John has high net worth. Otherwise, you, you have the deal, you have the cash, they're not going to lend you money, right? So essentially, it's, it's a teamwork and you got to do a lot of networking to form the team and you don't want two Seth in your team. So you got to have uh, someone else who can complement your skill set, right? And as you do a lot of networking, um, you got to do, um, you know, set up the business plan, uh, your acquisition criteria and how to execute the plans talking to the brokers, all this job takes a lot of time and commitment. <laughs> that's why I, that's why in the beginning I started tell your spouse or your family what you're trying to do and let them understand because you're trying to do something that takes up a lot of your time, especially when you have W2 job, right? And this is just an acquisition side. I'm not even going into SM management side here. Right. And a lot of, uh, a lot more to talk about but, you know, this is like a really, really high level general. So you got to do this while you're keeping your career. That's, that's why I said it's a serious commitment, you know, sleep less, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I, that's usually one of the first questions that I ask folks that are interested in, and they're not sure which, which way they want to go passively or actively. Mm -hmm. The first question I ask is how much time do you have? I mean, you know, and most people are going to say they don't have any time, right? Everybody thinks that their entire day is filled up. They have a high, high demand W-2 job. They have a family. 
they have all this stuff going on. Most people don't have time, but they may be able to carve out some time like you have. So you got to dig a little bit deeper. But that first question about how much time do you have? That's the key. If, if you have some flexibility in your schedule, like let's say I would use a real estate agent or real estate broker, they have some flexibility with their schedule. Mm -hmm. Right. You probably right. have a little bit more time, a little bit more leeway to jump in directly to actively compared to someone who has to be at the office every single day, eight to six o'clock or whatever. And then you've got to go home. You've got family things. You probably don't have time to go active. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to have to figure out a way to, go work, go to work less or carve out some time or gain some flexibility in your schedule to be able to do it. Um, that, that being said, how do you balance work and, you know, the active real estate investing? How are you able to start kind of turning those wheels and getting that to work? I, I, I guess the, the, uh, the only way that I could explain how I did it will be I slept less. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what happens. I sleep six, five, six hours a day. If, if I have to, I will sleep less than that and just try to have like a laser focus on the to-do list. So trying to cut down the hours that I'm going to be wasting if I don't really spend on multifamily and just pushing myself. That's, I guess, it's, it's not easy. It's hard. I always, my kids, when I go home, they would ask first question, how many Zoom calls do you have tonight? That, that's what <laughs> they ask. Because I, because during the daytimes, I got to focus on my legal job, right? My usual uh, Zoom meetings will start around 9.30 or 10. And then we'll go sometimes past midnight because I have California partners. Gotcha. So, yeah. Which yeah, I don't I mind. Mean, which I don't mind. So, Yeah, I mean, you've got to figure out a way to carve out that time, right? I mean, whether you're you know, going to bed later or you're getting up a few hours earlier before anybody else is up, whatever it might be. It might depend on what coast you're on, too. Um, or you have to do both. I mean, you've got to yeah. figure out a way to carve out more time in your day if you have to be at the office, if you have to be there full time at a job. Yes, definitely. And on the other hand, the other group of people who want to just passively invest, it's easier, right? Invest with, uh, you know, try to vet uh, the experience level of the apartment syndicators like out there and try to talk to uh, somebody who's experienced like, like Seth, Right. And then uh, you focus on your career. You make more active income, set aside some and roll that into a passive income generating appointment syndication. No drama with the tenants, no toilet, no late night calls. You're not liable for the loans, <laughs> hassle free. Just collect a monthly mailbox paycheck and repeat this process until you have enough passive income stream that can get you a comfortable lifestyle. I'm not saying comfortable, not luxurious. Uh, then you have the flexibility now, right? You can work less, you can quit, you can continue to work hard, but by choice this time. This is like a soft level of financial freedom you can achieve. Exactly. Yeah, I always call it buying back your time. You buy it back piece by piece. Every time you invest in one of these syndications, you're going to get that quarterly or even monthly mm -hmm. check. And you can kind of see piece by piece chipping away and buying your time back. And eventually you can cut back or you can quit or you can go active, whatever it might be. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I assume that you talk to some attorneys as well, as far as, you know, getting involved in investing. What are some of, you know, the pain points that you hear the most um, from their perspective, as far as, you know, issues that comes to mm -hmm. when it comes to finances and, and freedom, really? Always time. They always say, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to do this. 
that's why we have passive investing side. And that's why there's a path that I explained to you, given each individual, your own situation, you can choose, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, it comes down to time, just like you said. I mean, you've got to figure out how much time you have and how much you know energy you have too. And I mean, you might not want to put all that. We love, we mm-hmm. love real estate. We love being active in it, but not everybody does. Not everybody has that entrepreneurial bug like we do. So, mm-hmm. and that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I agree. Yeah. So, what, what do you think are the keys to? your success, man. I mean, you've been through a lot. You, you've jumped straight into, you know, a huge apartment building, you know, I guess what, what's one limiting belief that you've kind of crushed along the way and mm-hmm. how did you get past it? I had so many limiting beliefs, <laughs> so many, especially uh, what I'm doing now is out of state investing. I'm not investing in our backyard. I assume Seth, you too, you're not investing in California, not investing in New York no. um, because it's not a good market for uh, real estate multifamily. Well, my limiting beliefs in the beginning, I had like, no way I can invest outside of my backyard. How can I trust other people? You need, you would need a lot of money to start. I should start probably small, like single or duplex before going to multifamily. Education is the cost. And uh, so these are sort of the limiting beliefs I had and how I crushed this. Um, first of all, education. Educating myself with right strategy and not listening to naysayers, surrounding yourself with like-minded, highly motivated people through mentorship program or mastermind group, being connected with other people and with right mindset through networking, um, relentlessly just taking all the actions, grinding persistently, I'll say, and just trying to add value to the team, um, be patient, falling in love with the process. That's sort of things that I pushed myself to get. I love all that, man. Love it. I mean, there are so many things you said there that are just, you know, a lot of people have those same limiting beliefs and that's exactly what they are though. They're just limiting beliefs that have been put in your head. Maybe at a younger age, you just grew up in kind of a, you know, that, that sort of environment and you didn't, uh, you weren't exposed to entrepreneurship and, and business and uh, real estate. So you, you weren't able to kind of overcome those mental hurdles, but it sounds like you were able to take care of them pretty quickly. And like I said, just dove right in. Oh, right in. That's uh, like I said, that's how I lived my life when I just came here. Survival mode. I didn't ha- I didn't have the luxury to consider something too long and got to make a quick decision, quick decision and move on. Yeah, that I, that's it, man. You get educated. Right. I mean, you don't just do things haphazardly. You get educated. But then as soon as you feel that you've gotten over that, that education level, that it, it will suffice. Take action. And that's where people mm-hmm. get stuck. They don't take action. Yeah, action very important. All right, man. What's one last golden nugget for our listeners before we jump into the Freedom Four? Uh, I will say, fall in love with the process. Always process because it's a long process. Like I said, the very first still took ten months for me, even when I started this journey seriously. And during that ten month, if somebody had told me, "Oh, at the end of ten month, you're gonna have a property," it would have been a lot easier. Right. But it's not like that. And we don't know when it's going to happen. So you just constantly and consistently you push yourself. But it's like a tunnel without a light. You just keep walking. And sometimes, you know, (laughs) you see people closing deals left and right. You feel FOMO. (laughs) I'm like, oh, when is going to happen to me? Right. 
but you just you just have to keep pushing yourself try to stay motivated stay positive just keep pushing yourself yeah, that's why just, you gotta fall in love with that process of doing it taking the step by step one step at a time meeting people analyzing the deal talking to the broker etc yeah that's that's awesome man I, another way that i put it is just enjoy the journey i say that as my mm-hmm. sign off on the podcast every single time you, it's not all about the end game. You have to enjoy the journey. You have to enjoy your life and enjoy, enjoy the present and experiences you're having right now. Even if that's submitting a hundred LOIs and getting rejected every single time, one of those is going to go through and you're going to celebrate. hundred uh-huh. percent. I love that. <laughs> all right, man, let's jump into the freedom Four. it's time for the freedom Four. what's the best thing you do to keep your mind and body healthy. I think I'm kind of good at maintaining positive mindset and work ethic. Just stay motivated, trying to listen to a lot of more inspirational video clips from, you know, Gary Vee, other people's online, um, Dan Pena sometimes. (laughs) But I think I'm not as good as that when it comes to keeping my body healthy. Um, (laughs) I, I still need to work on it. I need to exercise more. I need to eat healthier. But yeah, that's where I am now for that. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to carve out some more time, man. I, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, what's one life hack, technology or otherwise, you used to be your most productive self? I have this obsession about planning and making a to-do list. So when I said obsession, it's literally obsession. So daily, monthly, yearly, uh, calendar, to-do list, consistently checking, and updating, moving around. That's probably what I do to stay, I guess, productive. That's great, man. I, yeah. I update mine daily as well. Mm-hmm. Either handwriting or on the phone, doesn't matter. Just writing it is, is important. Yep, yep. What's one actionable step our listeners can do right now to start creating more freedom for themselves? Right now, one action, reach out to Seth, reach out to me. And we'll talk about multifamily. Yeah, absolutely, man. Book that call. I mean, I think people get intimidated by it. You're like, oh, just book a call with some stranger. But it's like, it, it'll change your life. It'll, it'll, it, it's kind of like reading the purple book. When you start talking to people that are in the industry, they kind of open your mind up to it. And you're like, oh, I can do this. I can invest. This is stuff that I can get comfortable with. And it, it just changes your life. Absolutely. You don't know how many uh, calls that I had with strangers through Zoom networking not even in person, it ended up, you know, ongoing for months. Now over a year, we're building friendship. And I think it's going to go on like that too. Yeah. It's because, yeah, it's not weird to meet somebody on the internet anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. It's, it's one thing, a positive side of the pandemic that people are taking this seriously. Yeah, for sure. And now we're getting to meet those same people in person and it's, it's, it's awesome. Yes. Yes, it is. Definitely. All right. Last but not least, how has passive income made your life better? Better. Well, in, in terms of monetary value, I'm not wealthy by any means. As, as of now, my stream of passive income is still like tiny, small. But overall, I will say multifamily employment investing completely changed my view of finance. It taught me the difference between active income and passive income. Uh, it taught me about the tax benefits, how to you know build up uh, good strategies, learned how to be patient and important, uh, learned how to be patient. And also I learned, um, the importance of team play 
and uh, mentorship. Um, so overall, it made my life more exciting, I'll say interesting and uh, adventurous. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like you were stuck in kind of the monotony of, of uh, litigation. And this is kind of, this is getting you out of that. So I love mm-hmm. that answer. Yeah. All right, Yosef, where can our listeners find out more about you, brother? Um, I'm very active or try to be active on social media. You can uh, search me through Yosef, your brosef, Y-O-S-E-F, Y-O-U-R, B-R-O-S-E-F, LinkedIn, Facebook, Insta. Reach out to me. I love to, uh, to networking and get on a Zoom call with you. Awesome, brother. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Seth. Yosef, your brosef Lee, my man, doing big things, buying apartment buildings, running gyms, dominating in the courtroom, all while being a great father. Major key today, again, to me, life isn't about balance. You'll be chasing that dream for your entire life, and you're never going to find it. And at least not for me. And I think it could be a solution for you as well. There's another way, and it's about catching that tailwind and going full throttle, focusing on one thing, walking all the way to the end of that balance beam, completing the task at hand, finding success, and then coming back, back towards the fulcrum, creating memorable, epic experiences with your loved ones that you'll tell stories about for the rest of your life. All right. Let's start buying back some of that precious time. If you're interested in partnering with us on our next passive real estate deal, go to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com and join the Esquire Passive Investor Club. Until next time, folks, enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening to the Passive Income Attorney Podcast with Seth Bradley. Do you want more ideas on how to generate multiple streams of passive income? Then jump over to PassiveIncomeAttorney.com for show notes and resources. Then apply for the private Facebook community by searching for the Passive Income Attorney on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next episode.